This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. I want to bring you a message that I've simply entitled, Come. Okay? Come. Everybody say that with me. I had a friend who's gone to glory now, and this, this friend uh, would always cry out in the voice of Isaiah of old. He would say, Ho! Come! And then he'd start giving his altar call and his message. He would cry out to people, Come! Come! All right, all right let's just try that. Oh, what a message of the gospel to come. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you that your word's about to come alive inside of your children because I think you've made a path for your word tonight. Speak to us clearly. What a powerful time of worship we've had. But Lord, now speak to us clearly as you have prepared the path for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Isaiah chapter 55 I'm on an extended study in Isaiah, and it's amazing to me how much God is speaking to me through Isaiah currently, but Isaiah chapter 55, we're going to end up over in 58 as well, but Isaiah 55, verse number 1 reads like this. It says, come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, what? Buy and eat. Come. Buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen to me and eat what is good and you will delight in the richest affair. Give ear and come to me. Wow. Give ear and come to me. I'm reminded of another scripture that says, In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. I don't know if you understand exactly what that means, but that, uh, that means that, that Jesus, who is the Word of God, uh, is the living, breathing revelation of God to us. Jesus, the Word of God in printed form, the Word of God in spoken form. We believe that Jesus has spoken to us through God's Word. Would you agree with me? So in a sense, when you're reading God's Word, you're literally hearing the voice of Jesus speak to you. When you hear God's Word say, come, you actually can imagine that's Jesus saying to you that, that many of us feel like the little child sitting on the sidelines just wondering if we're going to be chosen to be part of the team. And then when we get that beckoning call, how many of you are thankful tonight that God gave you a beckoning call, that God called you over to His side? Amen. Amen. You see, that's what Jesus says quite a bit. Jesus said, come, follow me. Jesus said, come to me, you who are weary and heavy laden. In other words, if you're carrying so much for someone that you're carrying a burden, Jesus said, bring it unto me. Jesus said, let the little children do what? Come to me. Over and over again, Jesus bids them to come into his presence over and over again. And I think one of the most amazing stories of that is in the middle of the night, in, a, in, a, in the middle of the Sea of Galilee. 
And imagine that moment when Peter is in that boat and he sees the, the Lord walking upon the water. And what does Jesus say to Peter at that moment? What, what one word does he say to him? Come. Come. And at that moment, Peter gets out of the boat. And what a powerful story that is. That it's one of the most profound lessons. And it's worth writing down tonight. Because if you don't get out of the boat, you will never walk on water. If you don't accept the call of Jesus saying, come to me, you'll never understand exactly what God's wanting to do in your life. You need to respond when Jesus says, come. I mean, it could be even a crazy invitation. I mean, who invites somebody in the middle of the night to get out of a boat and take a walk on the water? But it's in the response to the invitation of God, to the invitation of Jesus, that we will experience the profound revelation of who He really is. So what does Peter do? He gets out of the boat and he answers that call to come and he walks on the water with the Lord and the rest is history. Wow, what a great truth. He keeps saying, come. Come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden. Why? Why does he keep saying, come to me? Here's the key. Why does Jesus invite us to come to Him? I mean, the answer is so simple, yet it is so profound. He wants us to be with Him so that He can be with you, and you can be with Him. Why does Jesus tell you to come? And all of us are looking for these great revelations, and you're like, what do you want? I know this feeling. I'll invite one of you up to my office. I am so sick of hearing this statement. I, I, it just, it, it, it grates me like sandpaper. I invite somebody into my office because I want just a moment with them. And they walk in and they always say this. I feel like I've been called to the... See what I'm talking about? I feel like I've been called to the principal's office. What do you want, Pastor? And I'm, I'll call somebody and I just want to hear their voice. I just want to say hello. I just want to talk to them. And they're going, and what do you need? And what do you want? I should just make it real simple and say, just write a million dollar check. Come on now, amen. But no, I'm just wanting relationships sometimes. I'm just wanting that connection sometimes. And that's where our God is with us. We're looking for why does God beckon me into his presence? And it's really, really simple. He likes you. He loves you. He wants to be with you. Some of you are looking for the deepness of that statement. There is no deepness in that statement. He loves you. It's that simple. He wants you to know Him. He wants you to be with Him. He doesn't just love you. He actually loves being with you. Some of you are going, no, no, you don't understand. Nobody likes being with me. Yeah, last week, when they were playing that game, and they were asking about what irritates your spouse, it took me moments to just, I whispered to Christina, and she's like, yep, you're 100% right. I know exactly what irritates her. And she's, she, she doesn't like to be around that sometimes. And I know that, that if I do that, if I do what irritates her, she's not going to hang out with me that evening. She's not going to be hanging around. She's going to find another TV in another room. Come on now. Amen. Why? Because she is irritated by that little action, by that, that, that thing that I do that, that bothers her. And, and because of that, I understand why she'll give me my space during that moment. It doesn't work when she realizes I'm looking for space. Come on, amen. But 
There is nothing about your life that will irritate God out of your life. There is nothing about your life that makes God want to move to the other side of the building. God loves you just the way that you are. But some of you are saying, but pastor, you don't understand the sin that I'm walking in. No, you don't understand the depth of his love. He's willing to meet you where he is. And the only way you're going to get free from that is by coming into the presence of God and letting God change you right where you are. Now, I'm supposed to be teaching, but that's not working real good. You are remarkably quiet, and I have this awkward social thing. If you get quiet, I talk more. (laughs) Help me tonight. Can I get an amen? Amen. Over and over again, we hear his call. Throughout the entire Bible, we hear his call. All the way to the last chapter of the book, we hear his call. What does Revelation 22 and 17 say? The Spirit and the Bride say... Come, hallelujah, and let the one who hears say, come, let the one who is thirsty, come. Well, it almost sounds like there's a pattern going on here. Maybe I'm missing something, but it sounds like there's a pattern going on here. Because if we get down to the very next to the last verse and the whole thing and the whole Bible, what does it say? What is the word that it declares? Jesus said, surely I come. I am coming soon, he says. I'm coming to you. I'm returning. I will come to you. He invites us to come to him, and he comes to us as well. So if over and over again we find that God is calling to us, he's saying, come to me, let me ask you a question. Get ready for this. What percentage of your day do you think about God? If what Jesus says to you over and over again is, come to me. Can I just tell you, knowing what I was about to preach, I was trying to live it during worship tonight. I was really trying to live this. All I wanted to do was get into his presence. And all I could do was think about this and that. And I was like, stop. And I'd start worshiping. And all of a sudden, shh. Something was back in my mind. And I was like, I mean, it looked like, it almost looked like an Etch-a-Sketch going on up here, if you understand what I'm saying. I was like, clear the mind, clear the mind. Why? Because I knew what I was about to preach to you about. Some of you are wondering why you can't experience the presence of God. It's because you're not answering the call of God. You're trying to figure out how to touch God and how to manipulate God and how to, how to get a word from God. But the greatest word of all that flows throughout all the scripture is him simply saying, come to me, come, get into my presence. And if we really, if that's the great truth of scripture, how much time are we spending with him? Maybe I'm preaching to the wrong campus tonight. I mean, think about it for a moment. I mean, you can't really sit down and figure out your whole day, right? That's kind of hard to do. But if you could break down the 24-hour cycle, how many minutes a day do you think you would be focusing on God? Let me just say this. By focusing, you could be reading His Word. That's coming to Him. It could be praise and worship. That's coming to Him when you're singing to God. It could be prayer. It could be saying amen when the pastor needs it. So certainly throughout the day, there are moments when we are focusing on God. I mean, there are moments, if you're reading your Bible, if you're worshiping, there's moments we're focusing on God. But beyond that, how much of our day 
Are we aware of his presence as we go about our everyday lives? I mean, it is not only when we are focused on God, but are we thinking about God at all when we're eating, when we're walking, when we're talking, when we're interacting with each other, when we're relaxing? Is there some sense of the fact that we have been invited into his presence? This is what scripture is talking about. Pray without ceasing. This is what the words say. What the problem is we too many times categorize God's time and my time, God's time and work time, God's time and sleep time. But what I'm trying to tell you, if what this word is all about over and over and over again was him showing up in a garden because he wanted to walk with him and talk with him and all that Jesus came to restore that time to us, why do we not take advantage of it? But you know what? Check God's taking care of in the morning. Now I've got the rest of my day. No, 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 no. He wants to invade your world. He wants to change the way you act. Change the way you talk. Change the way you respond. Change the way you process things. Change everything about your life. And some of you are going, well, he's going to have to do this, this, and this. No, no, no. What he's trying to do is to get you to come into his presence because it's in his presence that pressure is released. It's in his presence that things begin to change. It's in his presence. You see, we have to decide how much of our day are we in his presence. I think that I've learned that you can try to do the work of God at a pace that will destroy the work of God in you. You see, many of us are trying to get so busy. We're staying too busy for the presence of God. We can even be trying to do something for God. And we're just we're trying, boom, boom, boom. I, my wife and I joined hands this morning and began to pray. And we listed out some pretty serious needs that we're having to tackle right now. Some big mountains that are having to be dealt with. Some big struggles that are having to be walked through. And as we listed those out, I said, God, as great as those things are, you are greater and we want you more in our lives than we want any of that settled. Because God, if you're present, everything else is going to work out for our good. So where is he in your life? Now some of you are going, wow, I hadn't thought about this concept. Some of you are going, well, I know that. But if you know that, what is your percentage of your day? Where are you in that? See, God says, come. What is our response to that? Well, Isaiah 58 and 2, we find a phrase that we're going to drill down on just a little bit here. Isaiah 58 2 says this, yet they do what? Seek me daily, and they delight to know my ways. My goodness. What a little phrase, but it's very complicated. You see, you've got to seek God daily. Maybe I've been falling into a, a, a trap as a speaker tonight. Maybe your, the quietness of the room is making me get a little louder, but... but I think I'm just going to get quiet with you for a moment. You've got to seek God daily. Daily. You see, the truth is I know a lot of people who seek God maybe weekly. Maybe yearly. But maybe weekly. I mean, that is that church is their weekly touch point to check in with God. Sunday morning, uh, Sunday morning, you got to go check in with God. And Wednesday night's your fill-up station. Come on now. Amen. 
But as much as that is a highlight of our week, the problem is that I think we misuse church. In fact, the truth is, let's be honest, I think a lot of people come to church and it's not about seeking God. They're hoping the pastor has sought God for them or the worship leader has sought God for them and and they don't have to work because they're going to usher you into the presence of God. It's true. Pastor Don, are you trying to make us feel bad because we hadn't prayed? No, 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 no. I'm not trying to make you feel bad. What I'm trying to do is to shock you into hearing what he's saying to you tonight. Don't listen to my words. Hear his word. Come. Come. If you're weary, come to his presence. If you're downcast about what you're going through, get in his presence. Instead of standing back and feeling like God doesn't care about you, hear what he's really saying. Come. And we're trying to figure out all the complicatedness of that. If we would just simply fall before him and realize what it really is most important is God wants us in his presence. And if we get in God's presence, everything else is going to work out anyways. You see... Here's something that most of us want. We want somebody else to know God and us to learn about Him through them. But God doesn't have any grandchildren. He only has children. See, many of us remember the old ways of our, we were taught by our grandparents. And we never walked in those ways. But that's not the way that God wants you. God doesn't want you telling the stories that I tell you. I don't mind you rehearsing those stories, but God wants you to have your own miracle. God wants you to have your own story of how He moved for you. God wants you to have your own story of how He spoke to you. God wants you to have your own story of how He delivered you. God wants you to have your own story so that you stop having to live like a grandchild only having heard about the good old days. God is hungry to pour out His Spirit upon this generation and if we will answer His call, He will come to us when we come to Him. What does the Scripture say? Reach out to Him and He will draw near to us. You see... He wants to hear from you. There never has been and there never will be anybody like you. Can you say thank you, Jesus? God created you to be someone special. And that means no one can have the special form of worship that you can have. Nobody can have the intimate kind of relationship with Him that you can have. Nobody can know Him the way that you know Him. He created you Most of us just want to worship like brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so. But God didn't create you to worship like them. He created you to find who you are and to reach down in the depth of your being and to know Him for who you are. You see, He wants wants you to engage and He wants you to seek Him daily. You see, you can't grow if you just have a weekly rhythm. It has to be a daily discipline. Let me say that again. You cannot grow with just a weekly rhythm. It must become a daily discipline. Now let me give you just a few hints here. That word daily, he said, yet seek me daily, hints at consistency. It's consistent. 
See, some of you are thinking, well, I'm just reading my Bible again. I'm not feeling anything. Well, it's not about what you're feeling. I mean, I don't feel anything when I eat my Wheaties. Come on now. I feel something when I eat my Twinkies. But I don't feel anything when I'm eating healthy things. But it's good for me. And it changes me. And if I can eat more of my Wheaties and less of my Twinkies, you will notice the difference. Are you with me? You see, some of you are going, well, I just feel like God wasted my time. I'm not hearing anything from God. That does not change the fact that the consistent... I'm preaching tonight, and I wish somebody would understand. I'm giving you revelation. that It does not change the fact that the consistency of going before the Father, when you go through the dry times, then you will understand when you find the water of God because you will have been consistent even in the dry times. And when you get a hint of who He is, your life will begin to spring forth in joy because you've been coming and answering his call every morning and the devil says God doesn't care and that's why you can't hear from him and you say you don't understand devil his word will not return void and the more I input him into my life the more my life will change for his glory it's that simple you see it's consistency but it the word there that went with daily remember I'm quoting that Isaiah 52 yet they seek me daily Daily is consistency, but the word that goes along with that is they seek me, seek. And that doesn't hint at consistency, that hints at, listen to me, at urgency. Let's ask you a question. Have we lost the sense of spiritual urgency? I'm just going to say it very plainly. I pray that the Holy Spirit would bring conviction into our lives where we need to be convicted. That He would deal with us. That He would break us where we need to be broken and mold us afresh and anew so that the, the wrong attitudes and the wrong actions that have built up strongholds will be torn down and that we might be pliable children who with hearts not of stone but of flesh that God can show up and we can experience His presence. See, I don't sense the spiritual urgency that I need to sometimes. We need a level of urgency in our lives. Do you understand this? I should have just given the title tonight. Come, and that people with an understanding of urgency would know how to respond to that invitation. Come unto me. Come, he says. There, there's nothing that holds you back. See, some of you, some of you are afraid that somebody's going to find out that you don't deserve to be where you are. But what you, all you have to do is tell them who invited you where you are. Watch this. This is very, very, very important. Dawson, come up here quickly, quickly, quick, quick. Don't, 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 quick, 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 quick. Thank you, thank you. See, watch what just happened. Dawson made it to the stage without the security team jumping to their feet. It would have been a hard knockdown, takedown. But he made it to the stage. Why? Because I told him to come. 
And when I told him to come, it superseded the protocols of everything we have in place that prevents anyone from rushing the stage to interrupt the Word of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Why? Because I, I have the right to give him access to where he did not have access during this moment. Are you following me at all? There is a sense of urgency that must be found when you no longer find that feeling in your life that you realize that you have access to where most people cannot go. You are invited into places that most people cannot worship. You can go into a heavenly realm and step into an intimacy with God that most people don't understand. Why? Because he has broken the protocol of all and said, come, come on up, come on into my presence. Boldly approach the throne of grace. Thank you. Come, come before him. We need a level of urgency in our life. Every intercessor in this room should be amening me with all your heart. We have a desperate, we need a desperation to know more of God. This sense of urgency is what we need because, watch this, it is an active verb here. The word that we're looking at is an active verb. Seek, active verb. The problem is that we turn Christianity into a noun. Person, place, or thing. Christianity is not a noun. Somebody else said, well, that person's a Christian talking about some murderer of the past or some, someone who led a holocaust or someone who led a, a, a crusade. And I say, you don't understand. There's nothing Christian about that. Because Christian is Christianity is an action verb. Preaching truth now. We turn it into a noun. And when you turn it into a noun, it becomes a turn off. It is a verb. It is the verb of action. There is an urgency to it. It's so easy to lose that urgency. To share the gospel with our friends, to alleviate the sufferings of those who are persecuted. This is Isaiah 58. I think that we lose that urgency to share who He is and we lose that urgency to help those who are hurting. I think what the Lord really wants us to do in our hearts for each one of us is to recapture a sense of spiritual urgency to hear His voice crying out, to wake up in the morning and to hear His voice saying, come, come meet me here before you go. Come into my presence. Come, come before me in the middle of your day when the enemy shows up to destroy you. Instead of listening to the enemy's lies, hear the other voice saying to you, come to me. You see, here's what we need to do with this word seek. Let's, it's really three dimensions of seek. Let's talk what it means, what it means to seek God. The word seek is, is a literal uh, a translation. It, there's, there's three ways you could do this to translate it. The first, uh, to translate the word seek here, is to avidly search for the presence day in and day out. If I'm going to seek Him daily, yet they will seek me daily, I am going to search for His presence day in and day out. I know this is horrible. But what would happen if you sought for His presence like you look for your lost phone? <laughs> the radio audience is wondering what happened to him. <laughs> hey, did you see my phone? Did I leave my phone down there? Would you call my wife, find out if she has my phone? 
No, I'm, I'm just, don't, don't really call her. <laughs> Get me in trouble. She's like, he's supposed to be preaching. What he's worried about his phone for? I mean, think about it for just a minute. What do you do when you can't find your phone? What do you do when, you, when, when something that you value is misplaced in your life? You will stop what you're doing. You will get angry, and you will even be a jerk about it until you find it. It will shift your whole environment because you are looking for something that you value. What I'm trying to tell you is Scripture. Am I making sense tonight? Scripture says, yet they will seek me. They will avidly search for the presence of God day in and day out until they finally felt it. Some of you, it's been a long time and you've been hoping it would spill from here to there somehow. Instead of hoping it will spill on you, what you need to do is run under the fountain of His presence and stay there until something breaks through on you. Seek him. I, I didn't feel nothing. I'm going home. Get up. Push a little further. Seek a little harder. Search for him. Why don't you start looking under all the garbage in your life? Am I, did I really just say that? You aren't just looking for God casually. It's an intentional searching that involves a strategy. I'm going to go grid by grid until I find him. I'm going to look at every moment and I'm going to figure out where he is. It's an imperative verb, verb this way that seek is used that, that denotes frequency and urgency. What's interesting is that that one meaning of the word means to read repeatedly. So when you are seeking him, you aren't just scanning for him. All of us have skimmed a book, so just barely reading it, but not really digesting it. But what would happen if instead of just scanning, looking for his presence, well, some of us, just, we're like a spiritual radar. Don't find him now. I'm not speaking in tongues. I'm being a metal detector. You understand what I'm saying? Boom, 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 I don't find him, I don't find him, I don't And then Paul hits that note and you go, there he is. What would happen? Instead of just knowing where somebody else is going to key in his presence, if you started looking through your day going, how can I invite him in? How can I find him? How can I, how can I have the presence of God in my life? That's what it's looking for. Seek also means, what, listen to this carefully, Here's another translation you could translate it. He said, yet they, watch this, they beat out a path. They make a path to the presence of God. Are you beating out a path to God? The word seek means to make a path, to beat down a path by frequency. Even if it's in the jungle, you get out your machete and you beat out a path. One way or another, you're going to get through. Sort of like the little woman with the issue of blood. She came into the crowd knowing nothing was going to stop her. No matter how big the obstacles were in front of her, she was going to touch the hem of his garment. Can you hear him say, come? He's saying, who will beat out a path to me? Now, I know this is probably an urban uh, legend, but they actually say concerning the, the University of California and, and Irvine that, that when they built the buildings, they didn't build sidewalks between them. And the reason they didn't build sidewalks between them was they wanted to see where the students would walk 
And where the students walked in a frequent area, there became a trail. And when they knew the best path laid down by the students trying to get to the destinations they were trying to get to, they would know the natural traffic flow. Now, if that's true or not, we don't know, but it is, it's wild, widely said. But it is an approach that is, that is called uh, by landscape architects, desire lines. Why would I send you this way when it's natural for you to want to walk this way? You can tell the desire lines of someone's life. And I have to ask you, what are the desire lines in your life? You will know what the desire lines in your life are by what you are seeking. Because you will have beaten a path down to that place. If we could say, let me break down my time, let me find out what I'm thinking about, what I could find would be the paths that lead me over here and the paths that lead me over here. And are any of the desire paths of my life leading me to a place to connect with God? All right, so the word seek, it also means to read repeatedly, to beat down a path, and finally, it means to tread out. To tread out. The idea here is that oxen are treading the grain. Okay, They tread out the grain. Imagine, probably a better example for us would be when they put the, the grapes in those large round containers and they, they stomp the grapes. What is that called? Well, that, that's called the, they are pressing the grapes or they're treading out the grapes. So the word seek means to tread or to press. Maybe a way of saying it is to press in. It is about becoming determined to press into his presence a little bit further, to worship a little bit longer, to pray a little bit harder. To call upon his face, to get up a little bit earlier. Am I making sense to you tonight? Pastor Don, we feel it, we get it. You're saying we don't have enough of God's presence. No, I'm not. You missed the whole point. The point is we all have access to the very throne room of God. The question is, will we be consistent about going there? And will we have an urgency about it? Or will we prioritize everything else in our lives? Or will we get up and will we go a little bit further? Will we take a little bit step closer? Will we push in a little more? Some of you are wondering where God God is, I'm trying to tell you where he is. He's just on the other side of your push. He's waiting for you. I'm dry. The water is just on the other side of your press. Press in. I think too many times we don't press. I think too often we are content with the outer courts. It's an old song of the 90s, take me past the outer courts and to the holy place, past the brazen altar. Lord, I want to see your face. I'm pressing in. I'm going a little further. But we get stuck in the outer courts. We get within earshot. We get within earshot. And we love being in church and it feels good, but that's the outer courts. God invites us to the inner courts. And that's where spiritual discipline happens. That's where day in and day out occurs. Where you have a quiet time, you have a prayer closet, 
You press in on a daily basis. I want you to understand that we are not invited to the outer courts. He doesn't say, come. Come. Okay, that's as far as you can handle right now. That's not how he works. He doesn't say, okay, yeah, 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 I know what you did yesterday. Stop right there. Let, I can't stand that. It's not what he says. <laughs> he doesn't say, oh, come, I, I, oh, oh, I, I forgot about that, your past. He said, I forgot about that. No. It's really what it's all about. If you're trying to be spiritual, then you're not. It's really the simple thing. It's, it's what the mature saint needs and what the baby saint needs. It's, it's what even the, the sinner needs. The, 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 it's the one word of Christ that was over and over again uttered. Come. Come. And he doesn't say stop. He just says keep coming. And we get close enough and we go, but Lord, I, I don't... I, 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 some of you, you confess the words of Lazarus' sister over your only life. Surely I stink by now. Because my sin stinks to me. My attitude stinks to me. My pain and festering wounds of my life, they've got to swell. God, I can't come any closer. And his answer is simple. Come. 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 Are you getting anything that I'm saying tonight? Keep coming. Keep coming closer. You've been to that altar time and time again. These people are going to think you're some kind of freak. Shut up, devil. I'm going. Because he asked me to. Why do you go down front and dance, move your hands? Because he asked me to. Why do you go to God's house on a Wednesday night when it's raining because I can hear his voice come it's going to hit some of you about 5.30 in the morning and you're going to go later, later but don't roll over and find his presence step, you will, your day will change that's today's word from Pastor Don Allen To help you get real with God Fall in love with Him all over again And live out your destiny now To learn more about our pastor And the ministry of the church at War Hill Join us online at warhill.com Then join us in worship At one of our North Georgia locations Service times are Sundays at 815, 930, and 11am Where you will find real love now Oh,